Tune in to Refresh Radio with Regina Johnson. Who is Regina Johnson? Author, pastor, motivational speaker, and life coach. Regina is inspirational, motivating others to live out their purpose. Regina is passionate, tenacious, and relentless about helping others fulfill their destiny. Her goal is to bring a refreshing to someone's life. Join us every Sunday, 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central, right here on Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. Dial in to share your heart with Regina at 657-383-0309. That's 657-383-0309. And remember that Regina says... We all know you really haven't failed until you stop trying. I want to be to people what others have been to me. And so that's, that's really the purpose of Refresh. It's the end of the day for people to feel refreshed. So call in at 657-383-0309. That's 657-383-0309. You'll be blessed by her wisdom, strategies, and encouragement. That's Refresh Radio with Regina Johnson on Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. Good evening. I want to welcome you to Refresh. This is Regina Johnson, your host. I'm so looking forward to hanging out with you guys today. It's me, and uh, we're going to sit down and we're going to have a little talk. We're almost about to um, enter into Mother's Day, and instead of having a guest this year, I'm going to be the guest. We're going to talk about motherhood and um, the fact that it is not easy, and we do not come with a rule book. Today, I hope that this show um, will help Uh, alleviate some of the pressures in which we uh, carry as women as we're raising our children. Initially, I was going to talk about uh, raising uh, girls uh, to women, but I decided just to address motherhood altogether. And I guess maybe the reason why I'm leaning towards more uh, an all-inclusive show with uh, raising sons and daughters, because I have both sons and daughters. Um, I have six children. Um, we are in the process of adopting uh, a lady, not even a child. Um, and also, I have five other children before this one. And so I think I could consider myself, if there's anything, uh, any type of person that would say that they have um, learned or is perfecting an area, it would be me. And that would definitely be motherhood. Before we move further, I want to give a quick shout out to all the hosts that have gone before me today on NHISG. I hope you had a great Sunday, and I know that you knocked it out of the park. I'd also like to give a quick shout-out to my girl, Princess Cooper, who's always doing an incredible job. And so, Princess, you keep doing you. Um, so let's kind of get down to it. Uh, today, I want to talk from a perspective of raising them beyond ourselves. Now, when I say that, it's because a lot of times we have this picture in our mind of what it is that we want our kids to do based on what we have experienced and where we have gone. I want us to fix our minds in a place that they can do greater. They can do greater. I know, like, probably for most of my listening audience, you would say, you know, well, that's exactly the perspective in which I'm coming from. 
but there's a percentage that literally not see that their children can do greater than what they have done. And so they live their lives being the light torch, uh, not only for their kids today, but for their kids tomorrow, as if their children don't have the ability to do something greater than what we have done. In the word of God, it says that our children are our arrows. How I, I, I can't put that. It says that blessed is a man whose quiver is full. That means that it has a lot of kids. When I, I began to look at the fact, and he says, blessed is the man whose quiver is full, you never shoot an arrow and it lands exactly where you're standing. When you take your arrow from your quiver, which is the pouch in which you carry the arrows in, and you draw it in the bow, you shoot it, you aim it, then you shoot it to go beyond where you are. We're teaching our children we should start even from the very foundational parts of mothering, like even in the womb, praying over them, speaking words over them that would give them life, great life, not just life, get them from the womb to the ground. No, praying for their destinies, praying over their mates, if you know what they are. And you don't even have to know just to pray for them to have a mate that will complement their destiny and they will complement theirs. Praying over their mental health, their strength. We can do that in preparation to getting them beyond where we are. I don't believe there's a mother that's on the earth that does not desire to see her children do well unless she's so badly broken that she covers them up and will not allow them to expand their wings because she's so afraid that they may become wounded or get injured like she has been. I've been uh, probably on both sides of that coin, wanting to cast them from the net, but uh, from the nest, excuse me, but so afraid that if I do too soon that they may hit the ground and die. Uh, I hide, I don't hide the fact that I'm a Christian and, uh, and I love the Lord. I serve him as my savior, but in doing that, I have to trust God. The word of God tells me that my children don't belong to me. How often do we hear the phrase where we said, I brought you into this world and I will take you out from that perspective alone. We, uh, and I know that we're just jesting, jesting, jesting uh, when we say that because we're really not planning on killing them, even though we feel like killing them sometimes. Again, letting you off the hook. It's okay to want to kill your children. Just don't do it. Not want to, but feel so frustrated that you just want to knock them upside the head every now and then. But you can't, we can't, we can't, you can't kill them. Let me, let me just back up. You cannot, you cannot say you got that from this radio show. <laughs> this is my disclaimer. Regina, is not telling you to kill your children. I'm saying it's all right to become frustrated. As mothers, a lot of times we won't even allow ourselves to become frustrated. And, and I want to, I want to get back to that, but let me go uh, further. There's not a mother that's, um, Allah does not want to see your children do extremely well in this life. Fear comes in our own, um, the places where we have experienced our own injuries, emotionally, spiritually, physically, they come into play a lot of times when we're praying, when we are praying and believing uh, for our children's destinies. I can make another uh, example of that. Even in the word of God, it says that, that, um, 
Job, and nobody ever wants to talk about Job, but Job used to pray for his children's mistakes daily, the things that he didn't, he didn't even know if they were going to mess up, but because he was so afraid that they would do something and not have the blessings of the Lord of their lives, that he was praying and giving sacrifice continuously. Well, I want to tell you right here, your children are going to make mistakes, but it does not mean that they cannot reach the mark. They can. They can. The things that you saw, how you feel about their destiny, it did not just pop up in your head. You didn't have anything else to do than to dream about your children. I believe those are leadings by God, showing you really the greatness that's in your kids that's much larger than you are. Even looking at that a lot of times is hard to look at because it's so much bigger than where we've gone. We're like shaking in our boots by the time they're in kindergarten, broken out over paying college tuition, and we hadn't even paid all the kindergarten dues yet. If that is a God vision in which God has given you concerning your child, I want to tell you today that you can become comfortable in knowing that he will make a way. I'm not saying that you don't have to plan. It says it's a foolish man that does not count the cost of his tomorrow, and I'm paraphrasing in that. But uh, a wise man, he, he counts the cost. I'm not saying that we're not to prepare, you're not to have college funds, but life happens. But does that mean that destiny is still not in place for your child? Most certainly it is. And then you might have a couple of knuckleheads like how I have that do not value what you're saying until they're older and they can see what you were saying was absolutely accurate. They've got to run into the wall or maybe they decide that they want to go trekking across the United States for a year or two. And then come back after they have found themselves. (laughs) I don't know. It's something about graduation and finding yourself. Uh, And so they come back and then they found out that in order for them to get that job they want, they're not going to just give it to them because they found themselves in Europe. They found themselves tracking through uh, Africa. They found themselves, you know, on the mission field or, you know, somewhere there's still more that has to be added to their lives. But we can prepare them emotionally to see themselves greater than what the world sees or says to them. One of the things that we're definitely going to have to fight when you're raising children is the opposition that comes beyond your house. It's not the things so much that you're saying. It is the things that others are saying to your seed. While you're saying they're good enough, they're smart enough, they're able, the world is out there pulling them apart, telling them they're dumb, they're stupid, they're ugly, telling them they're limited in what they can do. And I mean from the classroom to the church room. You have someone somewhere that there that I love to say is a plant from the enemy to counter all the good things in which God has for your child, to counter every every moment that you have drawn them in close to discipline them and instruct them in the ways that they should go, there is a voice that's speaking that is always trying to pull your seed off course. But I want to encourage you parents to keep pushing, to keep believing, even when your children stumble and fall. See them as how you saw them before they erred, before they made the mistakes, before. See them still in their perfect place. See them as viable candidates for God to use for his glory. See them still. They flunk in math, but they want to build bridges. Okay, get them a tutor. 
get them a tutor, put them in every class that you can come up with to help them. And then if that's only your vision or only their vision and it's not God's vision, help them to be able to embrace what God, where God is highlighting the gift, the talent, because I'm telling you, the word says that our gifts, our natural calls, our spiritual calls, they make room for us. What do you mean, Regina, when you say it makes room for me? It expands my life. It is it, it, in places where it's tight. My gift will squeeze away for me to get in. My gift will push everything aside so that I can stand in my rightful place. You have the ability to help your children to elevate, but you have to first go beyond yourself. Look beyond your capabilities and see your children as great. See that you have the ability to raise great children. See that you might have the next president living in your house, the next professional football player living in your house, the next teacher, doctor, lawyer living in your house, the best entrepreneur living in your home, see it, not that little knucklehead that's running around doing all the crazy stuff, not the two-year-old that's laying on the floor throwing that fit for the fifth time today, not seeing that child, the one that's going to jail week after week, getting put out of class week after week, in juvie probably or possibly right now, see beyond that, because if we look back, we can easily see places where we fail, and we're not still in that place. We have elevated, and our children will too. Teach them to go beyond you. Dream big dreams for them with them. When my children were young, I dreamed for them. They became older. I'm learning to dream with them. That means that I'm learning how to partner with them in their destiny. My job as a mother in the beginning or a parent in the beginning is to really see them when they can't see themselves. As an adult, it is to be able to see them with them. And still, if they're struggling or falling behind, maybe your job extends a little further than just um, their, their juvenile years. Maybe it does stretch into their adult life to where they are, have fallen and they can't see themselves beyond where they are. And you have to be that voice that is behind them, that's echoing the promises of God over their lives and saying, this is where you are, but this is not where you're going to stay. This is where you've landed, but there, I can see there's getting up on the inside of you. Parenting is one of the best blessings that we could be given by God, but ultimately he is the father of all, and he will help us to get to that perfect God place in which he has created us to be, that place where our gifts will explode, that place where there's room for us to expand. He'll do it. But the first thing is we've got to purpose to raise them to go beyond where we have gone. If you've done great, raise them to the greater. Hey, look, I got to take a small break, but I'll be back in a moment. This is Regina, and you are listening to Refresh. Spreading the word of the Lord through music ministry on Gospel 107. We're live on NHISG 101.1 every Sunday. Gospel music from legends Lee Williams, Rance Allen, and Shirley Caesar. Join us for Sunday service delivered by Pastor Regina Johnson, Pastor Russell Moore, and Pastor Johnny Ray Noble. Bible study with Pastor Aaron B. Williams. 
and Christian Talk Radio with Pastor Annetta Watson, Pastor Annie Sally, Pastor Warren Sally, and Benita Coney. Gospel 107, every Sunday on Never Had It So Good, 101.1. Never Had It So Good 101.1 is proud to have talk radio on their platform. Like Pastor Regina Johnson, Refresh Radio, James Deshay, Thoughts, Love, and Reflections, Daquan King, Revive Radio, Warren Sally with Man Cave Radio, Sky Wonders with Unmuted, Your Voice Matters, Wake Up Call Radio with Pastors Warren and Annie Sally, Peace Within Radio with Henry Washington, The Bible Has the Answers with Pastor Aaron B. Williams. Dig Radio with Pastor Annetta Watson. Crazy Sports Mom with Doretha Anderson. Been There, Done That with Cindy Smith. Pave Your Way to Success with Rudy and Michelle Govan. Spiritually Reincarnated with Gilbert Sines. In Times Like These with Benita Coney. Sports Talk Atlanta with Matt D. and Travis McGee. Sports Talk Carolina with Andre White and Nick Emerson. Sports Talk Money Podcast with Elliot Johnson. Power 803 with Reverend John Robinson. Totally Healed Radio with Angel Anderson. Bless This House Gospel House with Bishop Timothy Henderson. And It's a Way Out and a Way to Stay Out with Marlon Reed. I'm talking about absolutely the best talk show host in the country right here. I never had it so good, 101.1, the world's radio station. Hey guys, this is Regina and I'm back. You have been listening to Refresh. If you're just now tuning in, it's Refresh. I'm Regina. Uh, your host, and today we are talking about real mothers do. What do real mothers do? As I was sharing in the first segment, um, that I started to do the show on raising uh, girls to women, you know, like kind of the catch of like boys to men, <laughs> but, uh, you know, girls to women. But I decided to really talk about raising children. Um, we are blessed to have um, five and um, Six is almost on the way, and not because I'm getting ready to have it. We're going to finalize an adoption, um, but uh, I want to talk about just uh, really raising kids, um, you know, and things that we can do as mothers to help make our journey and the journey of our children much easier. In the first segment, I was talking about raising them beyond ourselves, moving past our own flaws, imperfections, brokenness and raising our children to be greater than what we have become or even that we aspire to become. Um, I want to share this too right quick. I remember one of my children saying, you know, I had done a lot of things before um, my kids were born. My life was really abroad. I traveled a lot. I was in some really great places, had the opportunity to entertain uh, two of our, uh, before two of our presidents, I mean, catching a private, private flight, you know, here and there. And I mean, you never knew where I was going to land, show up. 
um, God was good to me. And some things will work, and some things are just in the wildness of my life. Uh, I toured, uh, I mean, just a lot of things, a lot of things. And, um, and so I would share these things with my children. And, uh, but then I'd already done it, so I really wasn't trying to do those things again. And I remember one of my children said to me, we need to see you do it again. This kind of goes with our second point. The first point is to raise your children and go beyond where you are. The example is that the word says that blessed is the man whose quiver is full. Your children are the arrows within your quiver. Um, you're the thing that holds your arrows, for those of you that don't know what uh, a quiver is. Um, and take your arrows out of the quiver and aim them. Can I say that again? Don't just take your arrows out of and just start shooting them in every direction. They won't hit the mark. Aim them so that they can hit the bull's eye of life. As men, women, men and women of God, uh, game changers. We want our children to be game changers. Um, The one thing that I know I wish I had known earlier is to not be afraid, not only to raise them to go beyond me, but not to be afraid to show them that I am not perfect. Children need to know that we are not perfect. I know you think they already know that uh, because you've stumbled a few times in front of them or they see you, especially if you have like teen kids, they are watching everything that you do. Young adult kids, they are watching everything. They're quick to call you on the things where you stumbled. And the reason why they do that is because in their minds, they think that you're perfect. Now, I, I need for you to hear me with um, uh, hear me with these filtered ears where I am not saying just live your best crazy life in front of your children with the excuse that I am not perfect and you need to know that I am not perfect. That is not what I am saying. What I'm saying is sometimes the bar is raised so high in our children's lives that they feel like, my goodness, my parents are perfect. And what they want me to do, I can't do this. You know, I, I, I can't. And so they strain under trying to be something that they feel like that you have had it down perfect all your life. I'm, no matter how you have excelled in life, your children need to not only know how to succeed, but they need to know how to fail well. Where are you going with that, Regina? Fail well. I'm going to teach my kids how to fail. Yeah. We have to teach them how to excel, but we have to teach them how to fail. Because this is what happens. You end up with children who are looking at parents and your parents' lives look really great and it looks like what they did came with ease. And when they fall, they feel like not only they have let you down, they've let the universe down. And then you end up with children that are depressed in young adulthood and suicidal and doing all these crazy things, especially girls, when we feel like that we have failed, whatever it is, in the way our body looks, the way our face looks, the jobs that we are trying to get, uh, and sons are like that too, but our daughters more so, the next thing you know, when they have failed, they are running around the country, they're sleeping with everybody that will sleep with them, trying to validate that they are good, that they are pretty, that they are smart. Uh, that they, they can do whatever. And then the next thing you know, you end up with not so nightly individual riding in on a donkey, instructing your child because he says that she's perfect 
And then the next thing you know, you've got like this big mess and someone who's not qualified to tell your child about stumbling and standing is now uh, guiding your child down a path that is so far away from where God had them or planned on them being the direction in which he desired for them to go. You end up with someone who's just as broken or messed up and uh, trying to uh, implement forms of their own types of wisdom when the job that you're called to do, uh, it has not yet been fulfilled until you teach them how to fall and get up. You need to let them know uh, the job that I'm in, I didn't get this job. Like I didn't graduate right out of college and get this job or, or I didn't leave high school and get this job. You, le- you need to let them know that, you know, before I got this one, you know, I was fired two or three times. Before I, I, I got my degree, I flunked out a semester or I quit. Or, or even if you're that bad, that kid, that I'm that adult, you know, you, you were that child that, you know, you did it all right. You cannot tell me that you got everything right. The part that you got right was the part that everybody saw. But there was a, something that some people didn't see. We all have those places. But we're so afraid to tell our children that we're not perfect. We're so afraid to tell them where we made mistakes. Let me let me help you out here. Um, I'm not just a host, but I'm, I'm also a pastor. And so I understand things from a spiritual perspective. Uh, the word says that we can, uh, when you sow to the wind, you reap the whirlwind. What that means is that the things that we did in secret, it's going to manifest out openly in our children. So it is our job to um, help our children know by the mistakes in which we've made. Now, there's some stuff you have to just, you know the child, you know what you can share and what you can't, but do not paint this picture of a place that they can't get to. You're telling them how they need to do it and give them no room to make mistakes. When they get there and they start, or they start in that journey and they stumble, they start feeling defeated before they even get going. Let them know. Man, I tell you what, I tell my children my freshman year in college, and I'm joking. I don't know how low it was, but I always say I had an 0.1 grade point average. And the reason why I say that is because I, 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 when I went to college, um, man, I just kind of let my hair down that first uh, semester and a half. <laughs> and, I mean, my parents weren't even off the campus good, and I was down the street at the next large city. And uh, I couldn't wait to be on my own. I couldn't wait to make my own decisions. I mean, the house of God didn't see me, honey, probably for two years. I, I wasn't even trying, you know, I, I wasn't trying to serve him. I was living my best life, you know, enjoying, uh, you know, and had not, all I saw was just, you know, the things that my mother did. But I remember as I started growing and we would sit down at the table and uh, even during the times when I was in college and, and her friends would be there, my mother's friends would be there. She'd start, they'd tell stories about how my mother was supposed to be going to church or something. And she snuck off and, and went to uh, the movies or, you know, things like that. And I'd turn around and I'd look at her. And I'm like, you did what? You, you snuck off and went to the movies and you didn't go to church or whatever. And I loved hearing those things, not because I wanted to know my mom, like, you know, was like, in rebellion or something like that, but it made me feel more normal, not because I did some of those things, but because because she isn't perfect, and that if she could make it and she's not perfect, then surely I can. I needed to know my dad. I struggled in math. My children struggle in math, but you know what? 
I needed to know that you can struggle in math and guess what? And still have a great career. I, I, I needed to see all the transitions of my parents' lives. I remember my father worked in oil and gas. Then I remember my father losing those jobs because I live in Texas. And so, you know, the oil and gas like dips and rises all the time. And so there are a lot of people here in the state of Texas who have lost homes and had to change jobs multiple times, only waiting on oil and gas to line back up again. And then it's like, boom, it all starts all over again. I watched my father ride those waves as I was growing. But you know what? I watched my father clean floors as a janitor and then turn right back around and be an oil and gas. And then everything is good. But I watched him work like a couple of jobs and what he was doing. And he even took me like with him when he would go to clean offices. I remember my father was such a hustler. And I appreciate that to this day. When he got a job that paid less, I remember asking the people at the company if he could clean the offices to make extra money. He'd see that the maids or or the housekeeping was not doing a good job, and they come in the next day. And so he asked, I said, what kind of? No, uh-uh. He was going to make sure that his children were blessed. I needed to see that. I needed to see that so I could tell my husband, my not my husband, my kids, uh, that it's all, you need to get like a job or you're going to have to work hard. If you want the finer things in life, if you want to live that quote unquote blessed life, not only just what you get uh, on the pews on Sundays, but hopefully what you get on the pews on Sundays will build your integrity and it'll make you push and you'll know that God is with you and there's nothing too hard for you and that God will bless whatever you put your hands to. I watched that with my father. I watch my mother, and then when we go through those places, I think I shared once before on radio, but uh, and if you heard it before, just bear with me. I remember we would eat at one point in time, we'd eat biscuits and syrup on Friday evenings. And the reason why we would do that is because we would be at the end of our budget. And I watched my parents go through that with grace. Again, that was another moment in oil and gas, but I thought that was like a treat. I could not wait to get to it. And then when I found out, that what my mom was doing was she was just making the budget for the rest of the week because there were no more funds. We were at biscuits and syrup, and I am loving it. I'm watching, like, these funny shows on Friday with my mom and dad there, but they taught me how to do it. And when I learned why they were doing that, it helped me to make some hard decisions when I became older. I remember running out of money at school when I was in college. And let me tell you something. I got that instant pancake mix. And I would get that hot plate, and I would make a big, huge pancake and put jelly on it, grape jelly over. I tell you what, you'd have thought I was eating cake. That served as breakfast. That served as lunch. And I kept on doing I didn't say, oh, my, I don't have any money uh, to, to, uh, to, you know, to, to buy me lunch. No, I'd go right on in that room when that little card ran out. For uh, me to be able to eat in the dining hall, I knew how to make it happen. Why? Because I had seen those places uh, where it looked like failure, but it really it was success. I knew how to hold on because I knew that those people that appear to be perfect to me, they were really imperfect people who knew how to stand and keep on moving or fall and get back up. I'd watch my father leave uh, in oil and gas, go and get another job, wait for his position to open up again. I'd watch him test, and he was not strong in math, and so he would struggle at times, fail the test for the next place, only to grind and get back at it again. 
When your children know that you're not perfect, they won't strive to be perfect. They'll just strive to be better. They'll become the people, the men and women in which God called them to be. They will step into their destinies. They'll step into it strong. Hey, look, I got to take another break, but I'll be back. This is kind of a little long break, but we'll be back in a moment. You're listening to Refresh. I'm Regina, your host. This isn't easy for me to admit. It's turning into a show of Sundays and sermons and words getting caught in the flow. Oh, but we got real pain and real fear thirsting for the trying of our real tears. It's not satisfying. And 
Hey guys, this is Regina and you are listening to Refresh. I am back and we are here for the wrap-up segment of our show. We're talking about raising kids, raising children. It says real mamas, real mothers do, can I just say it all? The first segment of the show, we talked about raising them beyond ourselves, to go beyond where we have gone. If you've not listened to the show, I want you to be sure and go back and download the recap. I want you to go back and download the recap, and uh, I know that you will really enjoy the show. Uh, the second portion of the show we talked about, um, we're showing them that you're not perfect. And I'm telling you this because I, I really want you to go back and listen to the show because I think it's going to be a blessing to you. I think it will help you. Uh, I'm just sharing from a very real place. We have to let our children know uh, that we're not perfect, but that we expect great things from them. Teach them how to fail. Not intentionally teaching them how to fail. I need for you to understand what I'm saying. I'm saying push them to do and to show up in great places. But when they fall or when they falter, teach them how to get up when they have fallen. Teach them that they're not the first one to make that mistake. Teach them. Teach them. It's our job to let them know the place I'm standing in today is not the place that I was always in. Let them know you have faults. Let them know that you made mistakes. Not that you're bragging about it. Not saying that you want them to meet you there in the same places where you made. But it's kind of like a safeguard to let them know, okay, I did this. This is where I am now. Whether it's your pass or fail state, or if it's something like, say, for instance, you ended up in a place where your destiny was uh, derailed because of a choice that you made, share it with them. Teach them how not to make the mistake in which you have made. Being a mother is being real, honest with your kids, not hiding things and making them uh, try to strive to show up at a place that you yourself have not shown up at. Now, I know you're saying, okay, well, you're contradicting what you're saying. You said uh, raise them to go beyond us. Yes, but raising them to go beyond us is teaching them the pitfalls in which we fell in. It's teaching them that. And so, you know, we just have to, we have to trust God. We truly have to trust God. We have to trust him with our children. We have to trust that he has greater for them. And then we have to be honest and real with him. The last thing is when I say be honest, be really speak truth to him. Speak truth. Don't get in the habit of hiding these great family secrets from your children because when they come up, they feel like that you have deceived them. And as adults, they feel like they can't trust you when they find out that most of what you told them was a lie. Well, I already can hear it. I know some of you are saying, but, you know, I cannot tell this child that the man that they thought, and I'm just being real with you. Mothers, there are some of us that, uh, you know, you you have children who the daddy is not their dad, and then it comes out when they're teenagers. The, the man, uh, uh, you know, he, he is not the father, but he's been willing to kind of run this thing with them. Speak truth to them. When they ask questions about a father that's not around, don't trash him out. Tell them about the part that you loved about the man and then share with them his weaknesses. And, and I mean, and just speak truth to them. 
don't don't just show that you know a lot of times what we want to do is we want to shine the bad light on whatever that other person was but let me tell you let's just be real about it this guy did not end up in your life unless he captured you and held you hostage somewhere he didn't end up there by himself you allowed him into your life but now he's so horrible he can't be a great dad okay so fails at that Tell them the truth, what made you fall in love with him. Even if it was just you thought nobody else would love you but this man, so you selected him knowing he was not a right choice. And then tell them the truth about it. But if he couldn't do anything right, he got me you. Be honest with them. Be honest with them. Let me tell you something. When you lie to your kids, they know there's a portion of that story that is not quite right, and they're waiting for the day in which you tell them. The worst thing is that they can believe your life, go on with life, and find out when they're in their 30s and 40s that what you told them was a lie. I know a lady who, for whatever reason, her mother had her sister to raise her, only for her to grow up into her 40s and find out that the lady that she thought was her grandmother was actually her mother, and that her sister, who she thought was her mother, was her sister was actually her mother. Did you understand that? Let me say it one more time. Her grandmother gave her away to her sister to raise for whatever reason. And she might have had a great, maybe she was ill. Maybe she, she, she felt she was too old. I don't know why. But the sister took the daughter, took the baby on as her own, raised her up. The woman thought her sister was her mother, and that her mother was her grandmother, to find out that there was a total reversal of roles all around her. She struggled with that, and she had this frustrating relationship with who she thought was her mother, but in actuality, what was happening was life was playing out. This is her big sister. That was her big sister. It wasn't her mother. So the natural order of things was steady trying to kick in, but she didn't know the truth. Let me tell you, there's nothing more harmful for them to grow up in the midst of a lie. I know there are some hard places. Even as I'm sitting here now, there are some things that I need to share or talk to my kids about. And I'm, I'm like sweating it, but I believe that God will help us. But it's important that they find out from us, not from somebody down the street. Sidebar, and people love telling your business. If there's anyone that knows the truth of your circumstances, they will tell it. They'll it'll slip up and tell it. They'll they'll tell it at a family gathering. It'll be an old friend pop out of the woodwork, an old lover that'll say, no, that's really Bobo down the street, child. You know, people love doing that. I, I interviewed a young man about a year ago, and I tell you what, it was absolutely crazy because what he finds out, it's the same thing that the man that he thought was his dad really wasn't his dad, and he found out at at Pop Warner football as a little boy, a man comes up and he goes, says something about your dad. And the man, the coach, I'm telling you, people are cruel at times. The coach tells him, a little nine-year-old boy, oh, that's not your daddy. And other men standing around joking and laughing say, that's not your daddy. That's so-and-so. That's so-and-so is your daddy. Who does that? If my children are going to find out the truth about a circumstance or truth about my life, they're not going to hear it on the streets. They're going to hear it by me. That is our job as mothers, that when it comes down to it, they know if they can't trust anybody else, and I'm not including God, 
but I'm talking about a human here on the earth. If they can't trust anyone else, they have to be able to trust us. They have to know that when we tell them things that we're telling them from their, for their good, that we're telling them from a place that we're not perfect, but we're telling them this because we know that truth is the best way. We have to. We have to know that. I can tell you situation after situation of where I've even had to counsel with people because parents were not honest or someone in the relationship was not honest. It's our job to speak truth to them. Let them find out from us. The other thing about speaking truth is, you know what? When your children are, uh, have, have uh, made mistakes, it's our job not to try to cover it up. It's our job to help them to deal with it, speak truth to them. Let them know "Mm -mm, this was definitely not the best choice in which you could have made. But I know there is a God answer, and I'm going to help you get out of it. Don't help perpetuate a place that's already difficult, already uh, a place of stumbling, and try to paint it up and make it look good. You cannot spray perfume on top of a pile of poop and make it something lovely. The stench is just greater. It's stinky with a sweet smell to it. It doesn't change the content of what it is. It is still just poop. Our, our job is to help them to be able to adjust to the places of their stumbling, to adjust to the truths about themselves, to adjust. You know, I mean, you got a daughter who is, uh, you know, five feet tall, and she wants to be a one-way model, and you know most of them are five eight. you know? Don't say, oh, well, you know what? It could happen. It could happen. You could still grow some more or something foolish like that. Tell them, no, you may not be able to be a runway model, but a model, yes, you can be. You can be it. There are other things that will help you to be able to uh, show up in the place that you've dreamed about. Prepare her to be or him to be print model or, or prepare them to do like local shows or, or work with just a designer, you know, a local designer. There's a way to fulfill the goal, but to allow them to go somewhere and then allow someone else to tell them the truth. You got a kid that cannot play basketball, tell the baby, help them to find the gift. Tell them, help them to find the gift. Don't just pump them up and you know, you know already that they are not only a bad player, but they're the worst one on the team. Let's address it. I have my youngest daughter. She wanted to play soccer because her niece played soccer, and so she wants to be out there playing soccer. And I'm telling you, she is applying basketball rules to soccer. She's guarding people like she's on the basketball court. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, please, please. But guess what? Her sister took her to a pool. She, and I should have been able to know that she would find her place in swimming because this child loves being in the water. She's off today. Today's a non-training day. They train six days a week. Today's a non-training day. And ask me where she is. She's at a pool. She's at a pool for recreation. She's at a pool training. She, you know, she wants to be at a pool like, you know, she goes to high school. And hopefully there's pool swimming involved in college or professional, you know, whatever it is. She wants to be in the water and swimming. No, not, she's not a good soccer player. How would I look just forcing her to show up at a place? And I know she's like one of the worst ones on the team. And then she's unhappy. And you can't blame the coach. 
You can't blame the other players. You can't blame the life. You can't wait until that moment when she pops through. Now, there are some you can see there's a gift. I have a cousin who played professional football, and I'm telling you, he never stepped a day on the field, but he had a lot of heart. And guess what? To be a professional athlete, you have to have talent, but you got to have more heart than you do talent. And he strained every bit of gift that he had out of him. He wanted to play ball. His mother didn't think that it was a safe uh, sport for him to play. He finally got his opportunity, strained his way, and he got there. Now, if you have a kid that can do that and you see it, push them. You see that they have the ability to do it. I'm talking about one that doesn't know their left foot from their right. That's what I'm talking about. One that's slow. One that when everybody's running on the field, she's walking. That may not be a soccer player. But the one that loves being in the water, she might be a swimmer. And guess what? She is. Once she learns her stroke and learns how not to hurt herself, uh, trying to be the best one out there, guess what? She's a great swimmer. We've watched her progress quickly. See, when they're in their place and when all the cards are laid on the table and you're speaking truth to them, it's easy to shape them. But when you are lying to them, you box them in and they don't have any options for life. When you drive them to be something that they don't even have the ability to be, I mean, like, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm still not good at math, but what if I just got locked into a place? Now, I believe that if I desire to, to, to do it, you know, something that involved math, I think that if I strained, I would struggle in it, but I could get it done. But I don't want to struggle in what I'm called to do every day. Your children don't want to struggle, so we need to speak truth to them. We need to speak truth. Children at elementary school, you do not need to go to school and say little Johnny is perfect. When you know little Johnny's cussing everybody out at home daily, don't go and curse the teacher out. Go and then talk with her and try to get resolved. That's what I'm talking about. It does not help them when we build a life of lies around them. What we're showing them is that they don't ever have to face the truth about themselves. They never have to course correct. They never, ever have to strain beyond where they are. They never, ever have to raise the bar. What we're doing is we're making them comfortable with lies. Or we hide things from them, things that the world is so willing to tell them. And then when they become men and women, they're broken. And I'm telling you, the young man that shared that with me, he is still, there's an area of brokenness in his life, and he's still trying to answer that place as a man. All because we did not discuss it. And then when we do decide to discuss it, sometimes it's too late. And I, I'm, I'm speaking from personal experience. You can try to go back in your children's life and course correct the place that they have adjusted themselves in already alone. So it doesn't matter what you say. It doesn't change anything. Hey, look, guys, I have so enjoyed hanging out with you today. But our time is fast, quickly wrapping up. And, uh, and so I have to head out, and we are at the end of the show. I want to encourage you to go ahead and download the recap today, share it, have some other your friends to plug in and listen, and hopefully that what I said, it will bless you and encourage you and take you to some places your parenting and especially your motherhood. I want you to celebrate Mother's Day. doesn't matter how many places you got it wrong or how many uh, you got it right. Just go ahead and celebrate because you did it, girl. You didn't. Could nobody do it like you? And if you weren't here, they wouldn't be here. If you didn't get anything else right, but just getting them here on the ground, you did that. Have a blessed rest of your Sunday. Uh, have a, the best week that you've ever had. And hey, look, I'll be looking for you next week. This is Regina. I am your host. You've been listening to Refresh. Talk to you later.